Play-By Podcast is hosted on the Abnormal Mapping Network, which you can find at abnormalmapping.com or support through Patreon at patreon.com forward slash abnormalmapping. Imagine, if you will, a deck of playing cards. The top card of the deck, we will say, represents this tangible world of ours. The card immediately below that, I hypothesize, represents the intangible plane from where all eldritch ability is drawn. A plane of leyline energy, an astral plane, something I call the shuffle. My research at the first university has focused heavily on the shuffle, on traversing the barrier weaved between the planes, interfacing with leyline energy, and drawing power from the shuffle itself in a tangible, physical form. It is something that, in my small controlled tests, anyone, regardless of ability or training in magical arts, has been capable of if they have the heart and willpower to do so. One only need maintain their composure, as the shuffle has proven volatile in its reaction to the immaterial bounty of raw emotion. Not only does interacting with the shuffle offer us the opportunity to physicalize the metaphysical, if I'm correct, then harnessing the shuffle's power could potentially provide thousands of shardites with access to what was previously only possible through years of study or innate ability. We can bring magic to everyone. Dissertation on the shuffle. Scientific applications of. Bell Proper New. The First University. Welcome to Play by Podcast, an actual play podcast about storytelling through the medium of tabletop role-playing games. I'm Michael, the GM, and today I'm joined by Leon Barnes. Yo. Max Co. Hang up on him. Fleetmore Cardi. And Liam Higgins. Hey. <laughs> Thank you, Liam. <laughs> You're, welcome. You're welcome. Nice bookend. Thank you. So last episode, you guys uh Made your way back from the keep of the abdicated throne to Lockstock. You warned everyone in Lockstock that <laughs> things were going to get very bad very soon. And the whole trip through the miasma was like the the, the perfume department scene from SpongeBob, <laughs> where we're trying desperately not to fucking bleed out of every orifice. Oh yeah, that was great. <laughs> and uh, uh, when you got back to Lockstock and uh, having warned everyone and gotten the evacuation ball rolling. Uh, you went to a, a, a wheelwright, a wagon store, mm-hmm. and you got a bunch of their old and beat up parts that they weren't using to re- to like refit current wagons mm-hmm. for the evacuation effort. And you you basically made a teleportation machine out of car parts and a dolly to push it into the forest. Right, right. <laughs> Very important. Could you say we built this in a cave with a box of scraps? Basically. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, kill me. <laughs> and then uh, you you started the teleportation machine, uh, intent to go to Boone, but something went a little amiss with the machine. Some DM went a little amiss with <laughs> my childhood friend. Hey, man. <laughs> those rolls were not as good as they should have been. That's not my fault. That's God's. I don't know. <laughs> That's probability, <laughs> That's God's babes. Fault. But uh, 
Lyra attempted to uh, stop the machine on her own, but uh, she was pulled back into the portal by Suri, who then smashed the machine, closing the portal and presumably stopping the weird, like, slow motion explosion that was happening in the middle of the Emerald first. Yeah, if she's not okay, I'm gonna fe- I'm gonna fucking kill her. <laughs> if she's not, <laughs> if you're she's, if you're not dead, I'm gonna kill you. <laughs> if she is dead, I'm gonna fucking kill her. <laughs> and uh. Last we left off, the portal had just closed, and you three and your two traveling companions, Colrain, Defton, Wolf, McDougal, and Shaboy representing, and Spiegel Strife, mm-hmm. had uh, made it to the outskirts of Boone, which is uh, just a quick history lesson. Which these are these are things that you guys, as residents of Shard, would know. Mm-hmm. We as human beings do not know, though. <laughs> yes, us in this room, except for me. Yes, except for the man who made it. Boone is, uh, if there were a capital of Shard, it would probably be either be Boone or Summit. It is probably the largest of the settlements per like capita, like landmass. Uh, but in terms of like population, population Summit would probably be the most populated. But Boone is the biggest town. Got a lot of industry in it, and, and it, whatnot. It, yeah, it's yeah. it's like a post-industrial tree city. Basically. Suffian Stevens voice. Industry, industry. (laughs) (laughs) And that is uh, what you see ahead of you in this clearing in the middle of uh, this portion of the Emerald Firth, which is a little more humid. I would, you know. You know, I got to make some variety. There's got to be a little bit of uh, (laughs) ecological diversity. In this tiny fucking landmass, yeah. So we've got a little more of a temperate forest, and here's your big tree city with uh, like wood and stone like skyscrapers with little verandas. Tree city. Hell yeah. And there you all are. And I'm assuming you have some kind of plan. Bitch. Um, <laughs> do I look? Um, g- find smart people is basic plan. Her plan was to have the person who actually knows anything about runes and like innate magic shit to be here, but now she's kind of mm, scrambling. Mm. <laughs> um, so she's just like, I'm gonna look to the person who's been here before. Well, you are definitely in luck because, uh, if you're looking for uh, <laughs> the educated people, because uh, all of the universities are in Boone, yeah, the smart people's here. This is where all the like professorial and like scientific uh, things go down. Yeah, I, she she looks to Sierra here because she doesn't know her way around Boone at all. Sierra, have you been to Boone before? Yeah, like once or twice. I mean, I guess if you were if you were coming from Nomad's Heights to where you are now, you would have had to go like east at some point. Yeah, like once before. <laughs> you kind of just pass through. <laughs> yeah, she knows it more though than the people who have never set foot here in their fucking lives. Though I kind of right. just skimmed through it and I was like, all right, cool. And I feel like Boone is definitely one of those like tiered cities where it's like there's like the ground level and then there's like bridges and shit that lead to other parts of the city above. So it's just like a, a bunch of like crossing skyways. Hell yeah. Hey, world building question. Yeah. Are there like, I know we talked about like there's not, you know, any big, you know, God worshiping kind of established uh, anymore. It's more kind of people based, but. Clearly clerics exist, or at least one does, because we know one. Are there any, like, clerical societies, or, like, little mystery cults, basically? I would probably say no. Religion isn't really a, a big thing in Shard. 
Spiegel is definitely an outlier. He is he is the cleric, effectively. <laughs> Spiegel strife is an outlier and should not have been counted. Really? He, he, <laughs> I mean, he does worship like a hundred million gods. Yeah, he's like. I found all of these gods in like a book about gods and now they're all mine. I've claimed them. <laughs> I feel like of the people who are here, I feel like he'd he'd be the one who had seen the most of Boone though. I feel like, I don't know why. I just get that vibe from him. We don't know shit about Holly Bell or Spiegel and we have not had time to stop and just have a chat about where they're from. So. <laughs> well, apparently we'll never learn anything about Holly Bell. Michael. Hey man. Um, I know that she hates capitalists and loves to steal, and so that's wife material. Truly, really all you need to know about <laughs> you her. You ruined a ship. I set that ship to sail, sir. And then he <laughs> you set the ship to sail, and then you and sunk then he, it the same day. Then he day. knocked a candle over in the cabin, and we're desperately <laughs> scrambling to put it out. I, for one, admire your bold stance against the ram- the culture that's rampaging. You know, all of popular fiction, and that is ship culture. <laughs> I'm here to people, sink a people do not ships. have to be in love with uh, everyone. <laughs> can just be but other Michael people wants or, them to. Michael Fuck already you, confirmed Evidently it. not. <laughs> I just like slow burn fix, frankly. Yeah. With not happy endings. Hell yeah. Looking at Sierra. <laughs> <laughs> hey, no, that was that was all Leon. That was on me. Um, it's not Sierra's I was just, fault she was a fascist. I was just riding the wave, man. <laughs> That's well. Can't believe you dated a cop, bootlicker. <laughs> Sierra, Sierra Scorched Skin is a class traitor. <laughs> Listen. This just in. She was young and foolish and Listen, had belief I didn't know in the she, system. Listen, she wasn't a bootlicker when I met her. Sierra had no uh, desire to tow the picket line. <laughs> <laughs> but okay, let, let's, anyway, back to let's rope this back in. Welcome to ADHD podcast. Sierra, you you, I need you some pills or something. Sorry, <laughs> sorry. I need to get money to get diagnosed for like, those pills. Honestly, I, some pills I, right I put now. some pills in an envelope Dude, and send live, it to me. I can't live like this forever, man. So, send those, <laughs> stronger get, than I already am. Send an envelope of pills full of fi- to send an envelope of pills to five 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 Real Street, <laughs> care of Play by Podcast, Bruh. Zip code one two three four five, Savannah Georgia one one three one four. Yeah, Jesus Christ. I think I just said one one three one fart. Anyway. <laughs> That's it now. That's what it Tended is. Tended to indulge coffee on Barnard Street. <laughs> <laughs> local, hey, local humor gets you local oh, work, yeah. Liam. Hey-o. It's true, and our ceiling is so big because we have about 150,000 people in this damn town. <laughs> <laughs> I love it here, though. All right, sorry. All right. Anyway, so Sierra, you've been through this place before. You know... The landmarks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I've read one book here. <laughs> I've read one book <laughs> in my life. literate. I read one book here. I've I, I'm a little. I'm I stopped at one library <laughs> in a Potter city full of libraries. Sorcerer's Stone, <laughs> <laughs> audiobook edition. <laughs> it was actually C Spot Run. <laughs> so I, I guess you would be the person who would. know. Do you have any like actual contacts in this town? Uh, like Sierra making friends. <laughs> I mean, she had Doctor Bart, and he was like, "You're a criminal. This is bad." <laughs> Uh, but you're a criminal I can believe in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, she has contacts here. Okay. Anybody in like the the university hierarchy? Any smart people? Yeah. Any 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 brainies? Yeah. Yeah. A few brainies. Nerds. <laughs> a few brain. A few uh, brainy geek nerdies. Mm-hmm. Are they like? 
like research assistant types or like actual like research lead, like team leads or what like professors? One's a professor, one's a one's like a lead and the other two are just interns. <laughs> Got two temps. Got two temps. Half the staff is a temp. <laughs> the other two are interns. They're just they're they might this. not still be interns. <laughs> yeah, that's true. They might be They're doing a little it for university now. credit. <laughs> <laughs> they may have graduated by it's this like, point. Like you, they're, they're you've been gone for probably 10 years. It's like their work experience. Yeah, that, <laughs> I, God, I would hope they're not interns anymore. <laughs> <laughs> when are you guys going to pay me? <laughs> There's just a 30-year-old man like, I'm pay still me, interning. <laughs> <laughs> so you keep saying next year. How many years? Please. There's no fucking government regulation here. They can go, fucking I, not pay their interns. For I don't want to go back to work at the carnival again. No, no. <laughs> so uh, Sierra, that that knowledge just kind of fast track you to at least where to start with this little uh, with your investigation into how to stop the miasma encroachment. Nice. All right. So I say we go find those my contacts. Or those people I know. That sounds very suspicious and vague, but all right. I mean, I guess, what else do we have, though? I, I, I have jack shit, so I'm happy to follow. Sierra, uh, you remember your uh, your te- your research lead. He was a man named Cutter Ramsey. Fucking hell yeah. And he was, uh, last you remember, he was working out of the first university. Nice. Sounds like an RAF pilot or something. <laughs> sounds like a sounds like a bamf. Cut a Ramsey. Hit him down with the Spitfire. Right. <laughs> <laughs> sounds like a smart ass bamf. What sounds like maybe the place to start. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah I'm gonna start. Good. The only thing he flexes harder than his muscles is his brain. <laughs> Ayo. Yeah, I'm, let's go. I, I'm intrigued by this man. So you guys, you you follow Sierra's lead through the high streets. Of Boone, a lot of shade. It's it's very like, it's not. It's a very like shady town. It's there's a lot of tree cover. Right. Yeah. Literally shady. Yeah. 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 Not sketchy. Yeah. <laughs> so even with the humidity, it's kind of nice. It's, it's like a it's a very nice day out, mm-hmm. considering uh, you guys only have about twelve days until the apocalypse. It's, I I imagine that everyone's pretty healthy here with the amount of oxygen. Oh like yeah, absolutely. Cell growth. You yeah. know, access to non polluted air. Right. Yeah. Right, yeah right. Nice. Um. Well, hey, I do want to note. For later, um, Lyra did take the books that they found in the miasma because uh-huh. if those fuckers are hanging out in the miasma, they have no need for him. So she, <laughs> okay, she's like, okay. "Well, these are mine now." And so and yeah, we are, have we have right. some bargaining chips, and if we so need them, right? You you have some social capital, yeah. And you make it to this massive building on the second tier of Boone. Which takes up about like an entire block in and of itself. It is like which it's basically the full campus of the first university, and it it's just like stone and like wooden carved uh, like palisades and it it's it's very ivory tower but made out of like basic materials. Yeah, <laughs> rocks and wood. Mm-hmm. Like just just imagine a fluted wooden column. Yeah, it, it it's a very like. Classical, like Roman type structures, but made out of more, uh, not not so much like uh, marble and limestone. It's mostly easy, just easy access materials. Yeah, and you you find yourself wandering through the halls, past laboratories and uh, lecture halls, because it's it's a university, but it's not like they have to worry about security. It's a pretty open campus. 
people can come and go. Uh, education is free. <laughs> no one God, is. I no wish. one is a fantasy. <laughs> <laughs> this obviously them. is a fantasy. <laughs> Wink. And eventually, you you make your way to what you remember was uh, Cutter's old office, and his name is still plated above the door with a nice like nice little cherry wood uh, name plaque on the side of the door. And uh, you find the door unlocked. You open it up, and in the room, which is uh, just lined every wall with like bookshelves except for the back wall which has windows and even like in between the windows there are shelves of books and like little like knickknacks and accolades huh, nerd <laughs> <laughs> freaking nerd this post brought to you by the illiterate gang Sierra and Lyra <laughs> and, and just uh, on one wall like just above the bookshelves there's a space carved out for a giant map of shard neat hmm and uh, sitting behind this wonderful little mahogany desk, there is a variety of woods in the Emerald Firth, let me tell you. Hell yeah. Is Cutter Ramsey. And he is sitting behind the desk talking to uh, two people who are sitting at a small table over a little uh, spot of tea. A, a human woman and another human man. Cutter Ramsey is speaking to uh, his two uh, most recent interns, who you, I don't believe, have met. But they are Amelia Mayhew and Darmit Frake. I'm gonna write all these names down because yeah, I'm gonna miss, I'm gonna say them wrong. And uh, Cutter, Cutter, uh, to describe him, he's he's got a very professorial look to him. He's got like the little tiny, like really thin glasses that just sort of rest just below his face, so that when he looks down, he can read. Right. And then when he and then when he looks you in the eye, it looks he looks very disapproving. Yeah, <laughs> like sneering. Yeah, yeah he, did, he when he looks at you, he looks at you like like Oscar Langley. <laughs> how how old is this motherfucker? Uh. Cutter is about Cutter's about like thirty six. Hmm, younger than I expected, but okay. He's he's like a a newly minted professor. When Sierra knew him, he was just like a researcher. He he was like a field guy. Yeah. Good old Cutter, huh? <laughs> You're doing some math here. I am doing some math, ladies and gentlemen. We got him. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing some quick math here. I'm trying to. What the fuck, old Sierra? Mister Doctor <laughs> Professor Ramsey. And, uh, old was Sierra? You guys are, well, how old is Sierra right now? She's in her 30s. Okay. 31, 39 is a big difference. Yeah. So oh, I guess okay. that's crosses the difference. Between you guys them. are basically contemporaries. You just have a different life. Uh, Very different lives. Different, You're a professor of pain. <laughs> that's reasonable, though. If, like, you're 36, like, you, you know, maybe were at the college, started, te- you know, teaching mid-20s and eventually kind of worked your way. Yeah, like, yeah. Also, here's the thing. Sierra, no pun intended, has burned some fucking bridges oh, yeah. here. So mm-hmm. she could, if she had stayed in one place and, like, kept to herself, really been successful in whatever she chose to do. But... She had to fuck around a little first. And What's like beyond what? beyond the like the little the little tiny glasses, he's got like the the Reed Richards hair where it's like mm. graying on the sides. Love it. Oh love my it. god, he sounds so lovely. Very yeah. thin features. This guy looks like he like kind of bags under the eyes as well. He looks like he's ex- exclusively fueled by coffee. Mm-hmm. Mm. He sounds lovely. And no like, other nutritional value. Oh my god, there are cocoa. Someone trees get some fan art of this man. In my head, I'm picturing a taller Martin Freeman. <laughs> <laughs> Someone get some fan art of this man. He sounds great. But, Mine's but no. going a little Ben Affleck. I'm not sure mm, why. Mm, interesting. But Sierra, the thing is, what's more a mark of success than saving the world, though? Hmm. Yeah. You know, he didn't take down a whole cult of fascists. I'm sorry. I'm still on the. I'm still on the revelation that this man sounds phenomenally hot. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. No. Oh God. Oh no. 
I made a oh, hot. No, prof- <laughs> oh no, he's hot. Oh no, no, he's hot. Oh, teacher. I made a hot <laughs> professor OC. What's wrong with me? Oh shit! <laughs> Listen, he's graduated college. Everyone, calm down, everybody. But uh, look what you've done. Darmit and Amelia are about um uh, about the same sp- age. How, can you? T- how do you say their names again? Darmit, D E R. M.O.T. and Amelia. They're like early 20s, you know, just post-grad interning with this uh, fairly newly established professor. Mm -hmm. Nice. How the fuck do you know this guy? (laughs) How do I know him? (laughs) That's up to you, my guy. Let's take a second and think. (laughs) I had to to think for a second. "Hmm, Uh, Damn it, she's a lesbian. Can't be that. (laughs) What is, she can have, like, one guy crush. Sure, that's valid. <laughs> she can have one. Hey, it doesn't have to be a crush. You can just... Li- he, he Maybe he's just not a shithead. <laughs> you have a nice companion. He's, like, the one friend who's, like, actually a worthwhile friend. Yeah. <laughs> it's, like, honestly, of all of Sierra's friends... Uh, <laughs> probably, like, the most genuine, kind, good person. Cutter probably. has probably the most together of all your friends. Yeah. yeah. Like, maybe he's just a really good friend <laughs> sympathetic to someone who doesn't have her shit together you know i don't sleep around lira no i'm not <laughs> saying that i just pointing out the fact that leon the person did go oh fuck he's hot because he's so that's me as a that, person. that's leon the player that's, that's me valid. as the player sierra um, the person sierra the person be, is just like friend it me could, the player i'm just like nice it could be that you traded him some valuable information from that you found in the miasma or something oh, oh no i'm just gonna stick with he taught me how to read <laughs> <laughs> you know what canon okay <sighs> and uh cutter looks away from his conversation with amelia and Darmit and sort of turns in his little swivel chair almost knocking over a cup of coffee that's just sort of on his desk haphazardly he grabs it with both hands Brings it back over to like the center of his chest. Brings his glasses up a little bit. Well, Sierra, how long? How long's it been? Ten years? Uh, yeah, ten. How are you? Good. Have you been keeping up with uh, the the words, the reading? I can count. I can say the alphabets. <laughs> She's literate, if that's what you're asking. Oh, hi. Who are your friends? Oh, this is Lyra, and that's Degrasse. Hmm. Hey, what's up? Uh, to what do I owe this pleasure? Well, uh, fortunately. Uh, good sir, this is a matter of utmost importance. But the good news is that you're in on the ground floor. The bad news is we have very limited time frame. Bad news is the ground floor is on fire. <laughs> um, and, yeah. Well, that was fairly succinctly put. Uh, do you remember that thing you told me about with like how the end of the world and how like the uh, miasma may? Well, I mean, in the academic circles, it's highly contested whether or not the miasma would move again. It hasn't moved in hundred some odd years yeah that's yeah you might want to update those books mm-hmm. oh this is serious serious we have yeah. 12 days oh uh, yeah oh the good okay. news is you don't have to do parent-teacher conferences next quarter <laughs> <laughs> i suppose i can take some solace in that yeah either way we're saving this or i don't know maybe you know what maybe you know, we're gonna get, keep your job, sir. We're gonna make sure you still have your job. <laughs> Who gave you all this information? Where did you Where did you learn all of this? It's a very long story. Can you condense it down to 120 words or less? Um, the there is okay. You know how like jacks and uh, the aberrations are things that came from the miasma and did not exist pre miasma. Yes. Um. So there's another thing, a single thing slash person in the miasma who seems to be kind of in tune with it and have at least a minimal amount of control over it. Hmm. Uh, 
and they they they're aware that all this is happening and their solution is to essentially tr- transform people into kind of miasma half miasma creatures which sounds like it'd be fine and dandy but it also comes with a, a little less free will which is less cool we were not super cool with that ultimatum because there are certain people that she's like, oh, they're not worthy and they're going to die. And we would rather nobody died. So that's why we're here to figure out how to figure out another solution. There's, there's nothing selective about this. Either we're all going down, you know, with one last mighty trumpet blast at sunset or we're figuring this fucker out and we're going to and we're going to make a, you know. Make a good show of it. Well, good news for you is you're getting the go-ahead, for the, the, the early kind of warning from us, so if everything goes to hell, you can just get to Summit real quick. I'm, I'm sorry if the, the... If I do say that this all sounds a little like... <laughs> a bit of a pulp novel. Lyra just holds up Sierra's stump hand and was like, we're very serious about these things. Hmm. This is unrelated to this, though. It's uh, along the journey. Um, Sorry about the just, hand. Eh, I can make flame puppets now, so... Oh, you're still doing that? Yeah. Good to see some things don't change. She kind of just smiles. Honestly, this this isn't like an episode of Fantasy Pranked or something. This is real, and this is urgent, and this is a problem. And you're apparently one of the smartest people Sierra knows, so we're here. And we would really appreciate the help or, you know, point us in the direction of someone who can. The smartest person she knows. Did she say that? I assumed as much. She led us to you first. Might have been alphabetical, but <laughs> I'm willing to, you know. You know, R. Ramsey, The first yeah. letter. Well, yeah, that's true. Um, also, she's bad at the alphabet, so maybe she's meant yeah, to be right, alphabetical. Right, right. Sorry, I'm really not trying to diss you. We, like, really need your help, like, desperately. Well, after my stint in uh, the research department, I got a little tired of field work. It was a little too dangerous for my tastes. So I don't exactly have the best handle on the inner workings of the, the miasma. And it's, it's, not a, it's not a subject I've studied for quite some time. But I do know someone who can help. That would be much appreciated. Are they close? Uh, here in the first university, yes. Oh, wonderful. All right. Probably on the other side of the campus, but that'll take 30 minutes. We've, walk. we've gone around the, this whole damn world. We've seen every kind of person imaginable. Um, you know, I, we can we manage can, a cross-campus yeah. jaunt. I suppose it is fairly lucky that Sierra brought you to me, because I don't know if you'd be uh, able to swing an audience with a terror below. Is this a, rec- a name we would recognize? He is the foremost historian on the interdependency, Shard, uh, the Miasma, at all. He is effectively... like. The end stage of being a wanderer. Oh, yeah. right. He's he's like the oh wanderer. He's like he's <laughs> yeah, like, so I would know him. He's like a fifty some odd year old man who has written. He's like basically devoted his life to chronicling everything that has ever happened. Sweet. Oh my god. He's 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 big brain. Does he have to be like? Oh, you know, he, like you wrote a page about like you know so and so crusaded against so and so. He's like, I finished that sentence with my pen. I put my pen down. Now yeah. I pick my pen up. <laughs> <laughs> when I think of the miasma, a memory comes to mind. <laughs> no, he is he is probably the oldest living elf in Shard. Hell yeah, fifty. <laughs> That's unfortunate. Yeah. <laughs> Woof. <laughs> Probably like 57, 58, 60, Life nearing 60. Has, has crushed. The miasma will crushed do that. Miasma, crippled. Yeah. 
But it's it's like he is he's probably had the, the if of the like intellectuals of Boone, he's probably the one who has had the most interaction with uh, wanderers. Sweet. Because he has to get the history right. Yeah, yeah. And we know that he doesn't fucking hate wanderers, which is always a plus regarding us. Always good. Remind me of this man's name. His name is Atare. A-T-A-R-E. Below. B-E-L-L-O-W. The author and scholar of the old world and new. NATO. Who uh, some eagle-eyed listeners will recognize the name Ater Below from the first episode of uh, this podcast. Oh shit! Damn, he was the uh, he was the first narrator. I'm part of the illiterate gang, so you know. Yeah, you you probably never read any of Ater's books. No, you know the name for fucking sure. Sierra. I know the I know the name for sure. I've heard stories. I just never read any of his stuff. Yeah, and Degrass, you again, you're probably he's very well read. Dresses for for the books that are available in Oxbow. That is, I've read all that's been available to me. So <laughs> at this point, it's out of my hands. I feel like have you, have you, Liam? I want you to make a, de- a decision for Degrass. Has he ever read in a terrible loan, like treatise or novel? Yeah, I feel like it would have. I think I feel like is he um, not like is he the kind of guy who d- who reads? Yeah. Well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell you what scholarly what, journals. I'm gonna tell you what Degrass did when uh, the miasma came choking the land and fucked up all of Oxbow, dried up the river, you know, the topsoil ruined, you know, it all, when it all screwed everything so up. So when the miasma started to actually affect the output. Yeah, yeah. Then everyone kind of became concerned about, you know, especially people in my family were like, oh God, like, how do we get ahead of this? How do we stop this? And it kind of just eventually became clear that there was no way to stop it. But I tried, I read, I wanted to find out what this thing was about so I could help my family and continue it because I knew that, you know, even if they're gone, like, I will be the one to to further it forward. So it's kind of on me. So I read all the books I could that were available on it. There weren't many in Oxbow, but more came as more people requested them from the bigger libraries in the bigger cities, um, wanting to also know what was going on. And so I did read A Terror Blows. My headcanon is that Oxbow doesn't have a proper library, but in like the town hall, there's a corner with like two bookshelves. Yeah, literally. (laughs) And DeGrasse has read every book on those two bookshelves. And half of them are like, Fucking like how to water like like farmers almanacs yeah agricultural <laughs> yeah. things. Yep. Actually, Degrass, it does occur to you that while you're here at the first university, uh, there may be somebody here who might know or might be like working in like the 4-H program. Mm, okay, he might have some insights on how to maybe save or at least diminish the uh, the effect of the miasma. Well, that'd be great. I mean, so you know, as much as I love wandering around, I you know there's no, it would it no might be nice like to home, give back man. to the community. Yeah, yeah, there's no place like home, man. But it does occur, occur to you that if you were going to ask somebody to for like any sort of scholarly agricultural advice, mm. this might be the place. Well, and also the fact that the way the city is zoned or the the general is zoned, general area is zoned, I have no the only fields that I'd be able to grow stuff on. And seeing as I have no money right now, the only fields I'd be able to grow stuff on are the till fields, till field fields, mm-hmm. um, and which so are and which right are next which, to the which, asthma. which are ruined. So I need to like if I can, you know. That would be great because I have to figure this out on my own. Mm-hmm. So that'd be very good. Right. But again, you'd, you'd probably have to ask somebody. Yeah, I'd have to. Uh, can I ask uh, anyone now? Or uh, you, Yeah, I mean, yeah, we've got a little. Yeah, sure. Okay. You can ask Cutter. He might know somebody. Cutter. Yes, my young friend. So I have a problem, which I explained about 10 seconds ago on the podcast. So I'm not going <laughs> to explain it again. But anyway, do you know anyone that can help me um, fix the miasma deal by my house? in? Do you know Oxbow? You familiar with Oxbow? Uh, of course, I'm familiar with that. What are your, if you, you know, if you word association? What would you associate with Oxbow? Depression. 
Yes. Well, <laughs> in the past, I would have used words like bountiful. Me too. And what about the present? Diminishing, sadly. Yeah, I agree. Although the, uh, their output is far more important than ours in the general scheme of things. Sure. You can live without information. You can't live without food. It's true. And and well, then also, Oxbow's travails in terms of agricultural, you know, ag- agriculture, um, it ripples out, you know. It mm-hmm. affects other people because, uh, you know, the wheat can't there. And then we got to make the substitutes to put in the bread and it just doesn't work as well. So, you know... You sound a lot like Castor. Interesting. How do uh, this uh, this Castor? Uh, he's a, a friend of mine from uh, one of the other wings. Mm-hmm. He, he has a particular sort of interest in agriculture. Okay. Is, uh, Miasma related sort of effects on the topsoil and the water. Yes, table actually. Really. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm more of a sociologist these days, so it's not oh. really my purview. Either, oh, right, but, right, right. But but if if you need anyone. If there was anyone to go to about something like this, I would talk to you, Caster Loveless. Where would I find Mr. Loveless? In the West Wing. The West Wing. Okay, and we're w- wingering right now? The North Wing. So I will head southwest. Very good. <laughs> Thank you. Sincerely. Uh, just tell him that, uh, tell him the cutter sent you. Okay. Yeah, that sounds like a high wing name. Maybe. Who knows? It's a high wing, babe. Do I head now or are we going back to the, the other crew? Or do I go over to Castor? Or, or, is, we can make a. We can so make what a, is, you guys are whichever order we want to go. Guys, y'all are driving. Do you want to go to Castor? Do you want to go to to a tear? Do you well, want to stay here and talk to Cutter a little more? Who knows? Of course, we'd like to, but I don't think we have the time. Right. Um, I personally want to stay and talk to Cutter, but we don't have time. Degas. I, I mean, probably yeah. I probably should not be spending my time on this, but this is kind of important. I don't know when I'm going to no, be no, in no, here I, again. Degas, I understand. I honestly, you know, I don't. This seems like a pretty safe city. I think you'd be all right to go on your own or if someone wants to go with you, but I'm I'm a little, you know, I, I, I'd like to go to a tear. I'd, I'd like yeah. to get this done. No, let's divide and conquer. You guys do that. Okay. I'm going to deal with this, then I'll link yeah. up with Spe- the tear because I, I doubt this will take very long. I'll go with the kid. All right. All right. Fair enough. Sure. I may not look it, but I'm from Oxbow myself. Really? Huh? That's right. What? Yes, <laughs> no, of course. That's right. We We... This Have we right. never talked about this? Where did you think I was from? You think I just sprung up out of the ground? Yes. That's right. When we went back home, we did. I, I'm sorry. I just, it's one of these things that when I'm out on the road. Oh, I, I haven't been home in a long time. Which family is he from? He's not from any of the prominent families yeah. of Oxbow. He's mm. just from He could Oxbow. be like an eighth cousin of, you no, know. He, the... he's no, he's no relation to the Sods. Uh. All right, then. Well, then, which, uh, which uh, side of town did you live on? I actually lived in uh, the town proper. My mama ran the general store for a while. Really? Old Smokies. <laughs> I don't know. It's <laughs> a great town. <laughs> Old Smokies. Smokey McDougal was my father. Ah, very good. I used to. Um, well, then Colerain. I used to. I used to buy my uh, my bolts and my washers and all the things that my dad made me get that I didn't really need from the from the general store. So you've seen the old orc? Oh, of course, oh, yeah, of course I've seen the old orc. I haven't in a long time. Yeah, it's a uh it's just it's just really sad, man. Yeah. Can't believe we haven't talked about this before. It's never come up. Yeah, it's true. You were I feel like I mean last time we saw you were trying also, to Also, yeah, I have been trying to kill you in the yeah. past. So I'm sorry. I was I was we went home with a bunch of people and I was just sort of 
when I was there, my brain was so foggy, A, because of the overwhelming nostalgia, and B, because of alcohol, and so I was kind of unsure of who I went with. Oh, was it the Harvest Festival? Yeah, yeah. I fucking love that place. Yeah, Did you guys was, get any rats? That, oh, man, it, you know, smothered, buttered, and covered, you know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. Um, and it, it was just, it was nice. That's like the one nice day. That day has remained nice. Mm-hmm. Um, the other 364, absolute absolute god-awful horrible but you know now there's an option to change that and it's nice that yeah again it's weird we never talked about this but it makes sense because in this present moment you know ox being an oxbowian isn't necessarily something to be proud of and so i feel like we kind of uh, tend to keep it close to our chest but i'm i'm proud i am proud to be from there so i will i will shout it out at any chance i get Corinne so like slaps you on the back and turns you toward the the hall toward the west wing we'll take care of this you Go deal with the rest of this nonsense. Just a couple lads from Oxbow, am I right? Uh-huh. Ox boys. Ox boys. boys. Oxbow gang. Oxbow gang. <laughs> Wait, what's his mom's name? I need to know his mom's name now. Okay, so there's uh, Smokey Defton Wolf McDougal, who is his father. Mm-hmm. And his mother's name is Hecuba. Mm. <gasps> That's beautiful. I can't fucking spell that to save my life, but I love it. Smokey and Hecuba. Her name is actually uh, Hecuba Alacrity McDougal. She Damn. kept some of her family name. Damn. Oh, yeah. Fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tyler, <laughs> Tyler, shit. Tyler, Fuck. Tyler Perry's lacrity. <laughs> God, you put me on the spot there, but I think I really, I really pulled that out. You really pulled that out. Building. That was beautiful. And uh, Colrain and DeGrasse head off toward the West Wing. Fuck yeah. Okay, and They let's head go. off and watch West Wing. Brothers <laughs> in arms. And you see... Uh, Amelia and Darmit like leave the room behind you and head off in different directions to call their families and fucking get the fuck out of Dodge. They've got little folios like under their arms, so apparently the word's gonna be out around the uh, university in a while. I would hope so. Honestly, we're not very coordinated in telling everybody, but you know, the more you told the one know, guy with interns. <laughs> well, we told a whole town over there. We uh, that's just, true. You know. Yeah. This is how the entire town of Boone finds out that the apocalypse is happening Rumors, again yeah. from interns. Mm-hmm. Interns will save the world, man. God, you guys are going to make Cutter Ramsey like a uh, like town hero. Oh, thank God. <laughs> but uh, you guys have uh, your marching orders, and uh, Cutter himself walks out behind his interns and, and uh, walks over to the three of you, you two and Spiegel. Well then, shall we? Yep, let's Please. go. It's exciting. Get to meet this man finally. Is he like a, a big deal? I mean, I think I've heard the name before, but... He is the big deal. I'll, I'll take your word for it. I, I don't think any of the notoriety has gotten to Atera's head, but he, he has his idiosyncrasies. He's got some quirks. His eccentricities. We've met plenty of eccentric people. <laughs> I feel like it comes with the territory of being a scholar. And then uh, following Cutter, you guys walk through several little switchback corners, overlapping hallways of some stairs to this massive lecture hall on the third floor with this huge like bay window with these like, streaks of sunlight coming in, catching bits of dust. This is a very large hall. And down in this little like, crux of this amphitheater is a white-haired elf with a large mustache. Mustache. A big pair of like Coke bottle glasses. His hair d- done up into like a, a bun. Wearing like very professorial, like patchy suit coat. The the fantasy equivalent of a tweed jacket yeah, with patches basically. on the elbows. Basically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. With like a little half cape. Yeah. Oh. And he's just sitting at a lectern 
I've, hey, I'm just for any fan artist out there. I've decided in this universe the stupid fucking academics hats don't exist anymore. So don't put a fucking tavern on this motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> or we will cancel you. Or you're canceled. <laughs> we'll find you and cancel you. And he's uh, sort of just silently reading to himself. He hears, he doesn't really acknowledge the four of you when you walk in. And to be fair, you are quite a ways away. And he is like down in the bottom of this like little pit. The knowledge pit. <laughs> I want you to open this fucking knowledge pit up. <laughs> Cutter calls down. Old man. Down below a tear. Looks up. His eyes sort of uh, unglazed from his reading. Mm-hmm. Is that you, Cutter? Hello, boy. How are you doing? Who are your friends? I don't think I'm having office hours at the moment, but just let me put my lecture notes away. He shoves all of his books off to the side and leans back in his chair. As you guys make your approach. Now, how, how can I help you? Um, so, you you know all about the miasma, right? I don't mean to toot my own horn, but I do believe I know all that there is to be known. I am the uh, foremost scholar. Actually, we do have one thing that you don't know about the miasma, oh. which is that it started moving again, and it's going to cover the entirety of the Shard in about 12 days. And whereabouts did you come by this information, young lady? The miasma. Ah, so you're wanderers then? Oh, uh, yeah. Fine line of work. Very good. That's maybe the first time anyone's ever said to that to me outside of Porto Plane, so I appreciate that. It's a wonder people these days don't appreciate their history like that. You all have done a fine service. You as well, Cutter, for what you've done. But you wanderers are really the lifeblood of the interdependency. And this information sounds quite serious. Oh, the most. The miasma hasn't moved in over a hundred years. I'd say send a, a letter to Lockstock, but they did just evacuate the entire city. So, <laughs> not really as helpful, but I, it's been moving slowly, monitored as much. And according to what I assume is a rather reliable source, um, it's going to keep doing so and rather quickly. Did you did you set off into the miasma to study it specifically, or uh, was this just something you came across in your travels? I wouldn't say quite came across. We were kind of cold to do as much. Uh, long story short, there's a, a, a person, I suppose, in the miasma who seems to be kind of connected to it and maybe made of it and uh, can control a smidge of it who seems certain that this is happening and... Her solution is to turn people into miasma people with, like, horns and stuff, but also she kind of impedes on the free will a little. Um, and we're not as cool with that, especially since she's not going to change everyone, just the people that she likes. Does the name Pluma come to mind, old man? I'm sorry, do I know you? Oh, name's Sierra. I'm a friend of or a friend of your former student. Um, sorry, I'm, I'm Lyra Greyfeather. I figured... Information first, niceties later. I am a tear below. Nice to meet you. Scholar of the old world and new. This information is quite troubling. This this person, the name Pluma, has appeared in scant reports from various research outings. We've had similar reports of odd orchestrations within aberrative communities. Knights and rooks acting strangely compared to how they would normally. Oh, we, we saw a lot of odd 
behavior while we were there. I'm no xenobiologist, but I employ several. And they've seen some very strange things out in the miasma. Some of them have heard some very strange things as well. Nothing particularly concrete. But you you say there is a single entity inside the miasma somewhere, living there. I wish I had some sort of evidence for you, but we kind of had a cut and run. You said that this entity, Puma, was it? Mm-hmm. That she's able to transform people. She can do a lot of stuff. Uh, she can um, talk to people in their own brains and kind mm. of lure them into the miasma. And she can clear out entire sections of miasma for clear air. She can control the aberrations. She she managed to transform people into, I guess, somewhat having mutated features, I, I guess, and going a bit purple. And they, she says they have their own free will, but the, it seems that they also have are somewhat under her control. And that's her intention is to turn everyone willing into that. So a hive mind. Sure. Intriguing. She believes her philosophy outweighs the good of mankind. Hmm. She has this, I would say, theory, since I don't know if it's true or not. She believes that the miasma was caused by us, our, 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 our people's anger and hatred and cruelty. Hang and- on, hang on. Let me, let me get a pen and paper. I need to write this down. I feel like this is not the time for him to be taking scholarly notes. No, no, it's important. You can add all the research evidence together. I get it. The greatest minds of Shard have been pontificating on how all of this began. And if this this is a theory I have not heard. Oh, all right then. It, it, It seems that all of this negative emotion... Seeped into the ley lines, maybe? I-, I think that was what she was getting at. And the miasma is connected to the ley lines? That's what she seems to think. She, and that's what she said, yes. Fascinating. There's also, oh, there's another thing potentially linking ley lines and the miasma. Um, I have a friend. I feel like she might have made her way around town at least once or twice. She's, she's a researcher in her own right. Her name is Suri. She's a Jax. Um, and she's a. Uh, she invents things, and sometimes she invents things using uh, runic magic and using the ley lines. And she may have invented a teleportation device connected to the ley lines, the backside of which is that it sometimes opens portals to the miasma. Hmm. Like the incident in Porta Pliny. Oh, exactly like the incident in Porta Pliny. Hmm. And by sometimes, I mean every time that it's happened has definitely connected to the miasma Mm. or done something weird Mm. so i don't know i feel like it stacks up that it's something to do with the bloody ley lines the miasma's connection to the ley lines might also explain the jack's innate ability with magic i didn't think about that you're right this is why we go to smart people sarah Mm. this theory has some very interesting implications such as on the nature of the jacks and the nature of the miasma as a whole, the, the beginning of the, the calamity. That's super cool and would be very interesting to research, but under the stipulation that we survive the next 12 days. Hmm. 12 days? What happens in 12 days? Everything gets covered, according to her. It's it's kind of the, goodbye to everything at the, a certain level. The new incursions would increase that quickly? That's what she seemed to implicate. Um, she's saying, but she hasn't, I don't know if she really provided any proof. 
She hmm. seemed very certain. And um, seeing as she's very in touch with Miasma, I'm prone to believe her. She might have just been bullshitting us just so that we would go on her side. But it has been moving. We know that for certain. It's been moving, uh, you know, inches a day. But it's been moving. It hasn't moved for 100 years, and now it's been moving. I, mm. I think that's, you know, evidence towards a, a, a conclusion, you know? And why has it begun moving again? Did she, were there any were there any indications as to why that's happening? Well, I mean, my idea, and I think that's what she was implying, is that, you know, all that kind of negative emotion and hate and anger has built up again. It's It's gotten that bad again. And so she seems to think that there's no way that we can be saved from that being part of our nature and that the miasma is correcting that. And so correcting. this is the only way to to, hmm. to survive, I guess. So by this Pluma's account, the miasma was created as a corrective measure against malice. Oh, boy. <laughs> Did you see that lining? Did I you saw see that? that. That was great. I saw the, Damn, that's on right the on top wall. of us then, too. Because um, it's like... God, super dramatic. I love it. I'm keeping that in. Let's, let's keep that, yeah. Listen, I think it's all bullshit because if, if the miasma is a natural corrector and we are naturally this cruel, hateful, angry, what have you, then it seems a little contradictory that it would be correcting to the natural order when we're already the natural order and we're already this fucked up. I don't know. People should be allowed to be people. Sometimes we're mean to each other. But from what I've seen, there's a lot of good out there too. And I don't think it's... I'm just... <sighs> That's all I've got is... I... She seems to think that it's our own fault and that the the world is reacting to that and that it's unstoppable because of how fucked up we all are. Hmm. Well, in my studies, I have cataloged the many wars and general goings-on in the past, and there were quite a few bad times. If things have gotten bad enough that whatever the miasma considers itself as a corrective measure has begun to act again... I should add, you know, just another piece of, you know, information and evidence to the pile here. Um, have you heard of the Deviants? I've heard uh, mumblings. It's not my particular area. Well, It's a little bit because it's people who hate wanderers so much they want them all dead or run out of town. Um, uh, it, was, uh, it was something I had in my, in my sphere, but it was some, more of a footnote. These, these movements begin and die out. People, young people are foolish. Oh, yeah. Um, well, they tried to go to Lockstock and continue to build up their, their, their following and infiltrate Lockstock to the point that they wanted to overthrow it and use that to uh, take Shard in a military coup. Good news is we did stop them. Hmm. It was with some relatively violent measures, though, which might not really cancel out that negative what have you, but I, I don't know. I mean, it's... If you say it's something that happens all that often, I, I don't know what else would be. It certainly happened far more often in the old world. Shard, for everything that has happened, the Miasma has seemed to have brought us all together in more ways than just corralling us onto a single landmass. 
And certainly the uh, the doctrine of the interdependency has kept us from squabbling with one another for some time. I just think, I don't know, it's such a non, non-quantifiable thing that it's just negative emotion. It feels like uh, it's, it seems almost impossible to tackle that way unless you tackle it with another non-quantifiable kind of thing. like The ley lines. It, well, yeah. Magic. Also, the intangible. You know, positive emotions. I don't know. I've I've witnessed plenty of love and kindness in this in the shard as as much as we've wandered all around it, and hmm. I feel like you know there's a possibility that that could be enough, but I just don't. I don't really know the technicalities of this. I don't know. This is why we're here because <laughs> we don't really know what we're doing. We're we're hoping that someone who's studied this much longer and you know is better at thinking at plans like this would be. Hmm. Helpful. To to put things short, we would really love for everyone to be alright. <laughs> so are you suggesting some sort of countermeasure to the, the miasma? I mean, if not to reverse the damage to be done, then at least to stop it? To, to, to put it on hold again, even if it's just for another hundred years? I'm, I don't know. I don't think we deserve to be exterminated just because we have bad days. But integrating the miasma with the with more positive emotions, is that what you're suggesting? I mean, that's just my theory. I'm not nearly as educated as you, my friend, but uh, that's a theory I've got. <laughs> it's better than any theory I've heard recently from anyone here. That's unfortunate. Well, n- none of us have had this close of a study of the miasma. We've been there, and we've taken samples, we've... We never talked to anything living there. That seems, well, frankly, it's it's astounding that anything is able to live in the miasma. She's apparently been there for a while, at least long enough to know about the old world. It seems like, I mean, forgive me, uh, Sierra and Spiegel might have thoughts to the otherwise, but uh, it seems like she might be miasma. Like, made of it. Not the way that the Jacks and the Aberrations came from it and of their own kind of physical beings, but she seems to kind of be made up of it. She's a part of it. Some sort of manifestation. Yes. Perhaps. Because there's no other reason why she would still be there and be able to know all these facts. It does raise a question as to why the miasma would conjure a physical presence for itself. I don't know. We never really asked her if she was. She indicated something about an abdicated throne that she was retaking. She was building a court for herself as if, you know, retaking a a, a kingdom for herself this way. I, I don't know, you know, entirely what all this adds up to, but it's... I don't know if she's a manifestation of a miasma, if she speaks for it or if she speaks for herself, but I don't know. I, honestly, it's highly suspect in in general. I, I, You'd think something like that, she'd be able to reverse the effects, but no, I don't know. I don't know if she physically can't or she won't, but... Your group has been the first to make contact with her. You would be the foremost experts. I wouldn't say the first, but definitely the most recent, and definitely one who held a proper audience with her. And apparently the... The only ones who didn't actually stay. I was going to say, the only ones who've remained independent upon meeting. Yeah. 
And that makes you a valuable resource of information to us at the First University, and to Shard as a whole, frankly. If this is truly the last 12 days of our lives, then you all are going to become very important in what our next steps are going to be. I don't mean to put the pressure on you, but... We've had the pressure on us for a few months at the very least, so, I mean, that's fair. Is it just uh, you three? No, there's two more. They're just doing their own thing right now. Mm. Uh, there's somewhere else here, around here. It's mm. also miasma-related, but a, a little more hopeful. A little more f- focused on a future that we might survive. Mm. Well, it's always good to have that. Definitely. I could call an emergency meeting of my committee and present them with the things that you've brought me. And I think it would be good to hear any input from the other scholars. But none of them have had this contact. None of them have had this information. As I've said, you are the first people that I've spoken to who have brought me anything like this. And I've been studying how the miasma happened and its continued effects on our society for quite some time. It seems Pluma's really only kind of been active more recently. But regardless of Pluma's affiliation with the miasma, we still have the matter of the encroachment to deal with. Yeah. And I feel that takes precedent over dealing with this abdicated throne. Or whatever it may be. Well, I'd say gather your posse as quickly as possible. And we'll sit in with the we'll sit in with this emergency meeting, so we can if they have any doubts we can explain it further, and then we're not expecting them to give us an actual answer or any kind of real concrete solution. But talking leads to theories, theories leads to possibilities, and possibilities lead to some kind of hope. And uh, Cutter actually steps forward at this moment. I figured you'd see things that way, Professor. Uh- I sent Amelia and Darmit out to gather the rest of the professors and bring them here. They, they should be arriving shortly, if my interns have, you know, quick feet. And almost as if on cue, a flight of academics enter into this lecture, lecture hall. A high wing, who is being tailed by uh, DeGrasse, Tilfield, and Coleraine, Deftonwolf, McDougal. Fuck yeah. Uh, this right. is Caster Loveless. Oh, you sweet caster sugar. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to do like you sweet sugar, but then I just, my brain broke and just said caster. <laughs> a a half orc woman, a frog wharf. Hell yeah. Ooh. A jax, mm-hmm. and a halfling. Hmm. We don't see many halflings Regular out here. Regular Tom, huh? Dick, and Harry out here. <laughs> That's a whole different kind of wharf we just met, though. And uh, they are introduced to you, uh, Caster Loveless, the, the high wing professor. Who Degrassi you've been speaking to about uh and he he's like been handing you little like pamphlets and hand little, little yeah. handouts. Yeah, yeah. And like just scrawlings of notes on like proper irrigation to filter out miasma the right, best like, possible oh, way. Brilliant. This is and I I Degrassi is actually making sense of this because he's tried all these things but yeah. never known the right like way to do it. So right. this is all exactly it's making sense. Mm-hmm. He's not only a farmer and has been for life, but also the closest Oxbow has to a scholar. Right, so. right. <laughs> no, I mean, De- DeGrasse is a, yeah, he's a farmer. I mean, he's like, he's as in it as anyone else. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The half-orc woman is introduced to you as uh, Proper New Bell. Mm. The frog is introduced to you as Guild Gallant. The Jax 
For the first time in our lives, we're taking notes on this show, everybody. <laughs> you can hear the pencils. These are a lot of names. Yeah. The, the Jack's professor's name is Udo. Hell fucking yeah. Fuck and yeah. the halfling is introduced to you as Tell M. Mondati. Oh, shit. It's a T-E-L apostrophe E-M. Uh, spell the last name? M-A-N-D-A-T-I. Soldier boy, tell him. Soldier boy, tell him, Mondati. Mm-hmm. There's no way that the half orc is related to um, who's he? What's it from? You mean uh, siblings? Yeah. Uh, no, she is not. No relation to siblings. True love, Maribel. Okay. I just really like that syllable. It's good. It's definitely a good, and it could just be essentially the equivalent of like like Johnson or like Smith or yeah. you know. It's just common. Yeah, it's it's, it's uh, seems you like a very common. You mean a thousand Marys yeah. here, you know, whatever. Oh yeah, <laughs> there are there are only like twelve hundred people here. <laughs> yeah. In in Shard as a whole, so I don't know if there's that many Marys. Would Sierra not Sierra? I'm not Sierra. Would Lyra recognize the family name Loveless? Uh, Loveless, no. Okay. Not not a very like prominent high wing name. Okay. So he's either not from Porter Plenty or doesn't have much family. You see, after all the professors file in, behind them are Amelia and Darmit, who head over toward you to stand with Cutter. Mm-hmm. And uh, you are all crowded in around uh, Atera's desk. And it is at this point that I want to try to reduce this to a roll. <laughs> Crossed. <Ooh>. Okay. <laughs> Do we have to? Hulk, Hulk. We haven't had a roll all episode. That's true. This is a tabletop role-playing game podcast. Sometimes yeah, no, we don't, no, yeah. Sometimes we don't different need kind of, one. Different kind of role, we, though. We should break this down into multiple roles and not one, because I will fuck up if there's just one. Someone get me a profit roll. <laughs> All right. Uh, so yeah, we can we can sort of reduce this to a spout lore role. And it shouldn't be... You, it should not be me, because I have bad intelligence. And you, you shouldn't really have to... You don't, and with this, you don't really have to like tell me where you got this information. We know where you got this information. Yes. It happened on the we're show. There. You're the one dropping intelligence. We're all dumb. Yeah. Wow, is DeGrasse the smartest guy here? Yes! yes. We've established what are your, this. What are your um, intelligences? I have a negative one. Yeah, so do I. Oh, well, no, like overall, like the... We're meatheads. Eight. I'm Eight. S- 16 plus two. So. Yeah. I put wow. it all in intelligence. I put yeah, we, it we, all we in intelligence and wisdom. Those are the two DeGrasse, I put it in. Here's the thing. is DeGrasse seems and acts like an idiot, but he's actually very smart. Right. DeGrasse, was, but, well, DeGrasse was put in the born in the wrong part of the country. It's, it's, it's just De, DeGrasse's uh, like <laughs> penchant for halfling pipe leaf. Yeah. Right, right, right. So we're going to let Liam make this roll. All right, Liam. Make the two, big roll. Two D6s. Mm-hmm. So, go, so of all the people to step forward and and consult this like well we already gave all of our information right. so now it's time for him to give some information yeah. nice okay yeah. it's a nine on the dice add is two it's 11 I it's do love yeah. that oh fuck yes that's great about to get smart <laughs> so we're going to consult our accumulated knowledge about something in this case uh, the miasma and uh, Pluma's whole deal Pluma and the encroachment on a 10 plus, I will tell you something interesting and useful about the subject relevant cool. to your situation. On a 7 to 9, I will only tell you something interesting. <laughs> Do you know platypuses <laughs> like, are blind? We're like, we have 12 days to save the world, please. He's like, you must roll higher. But no, but no, you rolled an 11. Yeah, yeah, no, we're good. Yeah. <laughs> you must make this information useful. <laughs> Prove. Prove. <laughs> Did you know that the Yangtze River dolphin is almost extinct or might even be extinct? Shut the fuck up, please. <laughs> <laughs> Help me. The world is dying, <laughs> Professor. Help me. 
And you're all sort of brought into this council, onto this congress. We are on this council, but we are not granted the rank of master? Yes. Basically. That's not fair! Wow, I'm surprised that didn't get a rise out of Liam, the Star Wars boy. Oh, right. Der, yeah. It's, it's, well, it's, <laughs> it's fucking prequels. So. Well, you did kind of a British accent, so I wasn't associating with... Sorry, yeah. Mm-hmm. No, it's okay. With Hayden Christensen? Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't understand! <laughs> but, uh, proper. As she is intaking all of this new information, and they are all, like, furiously taking notes. Mm-hmm. Nerds. While DeGrasse is laying all of this stuff down for them. They can't even keep it on the dome. How much do they really know it? Proper steps forward and sort of offers up some information that uh, she is probably the most adept person in the room with uh, regards to uh, the ley lines and magics. Okay. So her words carry more currency than um, pretty much anyone else. Well, on this on this subject specifically, right, that's, that's what I'm yeah. saying. Like on this, like on from this subject. And after giving you her her bona fides, <laughs> she looks at you, DeGrasse. I've been conducting some fairly avant-garde experiments regarding the ley lines and turning the metaphysical physical. It, it, does that? Does, does that track with you? Can I do I need- No, that's that's fine. Yeah, I've seen all manner of shit, honestly. But you understand turning the ley lines, a a purely invisible force, into something tangible. Yeah, which is something that normally one can only do in terms of creating energy, casting spells. Uh, yeah. Um. I, I've been working on. Uh, I don't want to say a new way of interacting with the ley lines, but a more personal way of interacting with the ley lines. Uh, What do you mean by that? Only a select few people who have uh, either the innate talent or the rigorous study of the inner workings of the ley lines have been able to conjure these sorts of things, create spells, operate the ley line wagons, operate our machinery, our electricity, our communications lines. And you're saying that you have figured out a new way to do it. I figured out a way to do it that makes it more accessible to those of us without the innate magical ability. More people can affect the ley lines. Sure, sure, way. sure. And I'm definitely listening because these two, all these people have magic abilities and I sure don't. So I'd love to be able to help here. It, it yeah. is thus far been in, 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 an interesting <sighs> side project, a way to physicalize the non-physical and interact with it in a way that we haven't been able to previously. Well, not to be too direct, but now that has to become your main project because mm-hmm. everything else is um, if we could, inconsequential. If we could somehow access the ley lines on a larger scale than just my own personal laboratory, we could potentially affect it physically permanently, if that is what you intend to do. Well, yeah, I mean, if there's a way to sort of... It sounds like... You know, on the farm, when uh, we get a leaky barrel, we'd say, like, you better plug that leak in that barrel. Um, and this might be that, that uh, situation where there's a leak in the barrel and it, it needs to be plugged. And while you were explaining all of this to us, you mentioned the miasma's origins as a, a thing of malice, a thing of evil. Thing yeah, of I mean, nothing... Negative feeling. I don't think that anything can, that destroys life can be sort of born out of purity. Emotion is also something that is... Nebulous. Yeah, that's true. Lives around us, in us, everything like that. But, hmm, 
It does make me wonder if there were any way for one to affect the miasma with their own emotionality. It's definitely worth experimenting with. Potentially someone with a very intimate knowledge of their own feelings or the feelings of others. (laughs) We're all very emotionally stunted. (laughs) Someone who has any ability to affect people. Master orators, uh, debaters, people with good charisma. If you you're saying someone who wears their bloody heart on their sleeve, I'll that's, I'll I'll take the bullet there and say that would be me. Yeah. Mm, mm. Although this is all uh, fairly new territory, even with my musings, it could be very dangerous to interact with such a raw powerful force with one's own body and mind oh we've been doing exclusively danger for the past few months so yeah, i mean fine. this is this is nothing new on the table really and honestly you know the much bigger danger is 12 days away so i'm i'm happy to you know right, put on right. the line you mentioned that i just want to make sure everyone knows the time limit here because it's really very small <laughs> so we'd have to properly upscale all of my work potentially it might take the entire campus uh, if, if that's what it takes yeah i mean well uh i mean i don't know if we really mentioned it but abilities on the table um she's got innate fire magic um and i'm pretty bloody strong so it by ways of kind of crafting and engineering we can kind of help with that he's got innate uh you know, nature magic, magic. Yeah. yeah, he can he can shapeshift into something very small or something very big if you need help with construction kind of things. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm more worried about potentially destroying the campus. Well, I mean, there's that, but then we are tapping into raw, uncut power. But let's but let's let's establish something, right? Do you agree with us in our assessment that that it's all gone in twelve days? I have no data pointing in the opposite direction. Then, this yeah. is the thing, like, we can either, we're here because we believe that this is our best option to do this, and we don't really have time to look for anywhere else, so I guess you don't have to help us, you don't have to mobilize people, but just know that the blood of thousands will be on your hands if you do, and, yeah, we, and, we, could mean, have, and we could have done something and we didn't. Well, nice I don't mean to be direct, but I mean, this is just, it's getting... You know, it's the, we're, it's in the end times now. It's it's scary. We got to figure the shit out. A gentler way of putting this would be: um, there's either pretty much everyone dies, or we run the possibility of destroying a campus that can be rebuilt. <laughs> evacuate who you got to evacuate. Only keep the people that are volunteering for the work. Yeah, I mean, regardless of whatever we're doing here, I think we should have everyone evacuate to up north. But um, that's just my my consideration here. Anyone who 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 can't help or is unwilling to should skedaddle. You don't have to worry about losing the campus. You literally, you're a bunch of scholars. Literally the knowledge is coming from you. Hey, that's really wise. She's right. (laughs) What do you think, Atair? Can we do it? In the time we have? I think if we get to work right now, we can do it within three days time. Three days is less than 12. I'm happy with that. If this is what we have to do, to safeguard our futures, then I think we should go ahead with this new line of work. The way line of work? The lay line of work. The Ew. way line of work. 
She high fives Sierra. <laughs> but it's like feather on hand, so it's weird. Yeah. We'll put the word out through the campus. And those willing to stay and work on the project will stay and work. Those not willing can see to it that they are evacuated. Head up to Nomad's Heights. I, yeah, we figured, you know, the higher it's the elevation, the, the better off anyone is. The better chance folks have, at least. When the last member of the first university who does not want to work on this project has left the grounds, we will begin. Sounds like a plan. Bell, see to it that your uh, laboratory is prepped. Bring copies of your notes to all of us. And please let us know what we can do to help, at least in the downtime. These wanderers should be your first point of contact, considering they have the most information on what we now face. But they do seem to defer to you proper. See to it you heed their counsel as much as they would heed yours. Well, what the hell are you all standing around for? We only have 12 days. Um, you mentioned communication through the ley lines. Is there like a, a essentially like a telegram system or some sort of it, you know, sending, fast communication? You know the D&D spell sending? Mm-hmm. It's like that. But over large distances? I mean, sending can be over large distances generally. I would love to get the word out to port a pony. <laughs> It might be nice. Um, yeah, I would love to send a message to my parents and, yeah, <laughs> mm. and Tor and, you know, whoever else I know mm. back home. I think we should warn all the major cities as, as soon as possible because, you know, we don't know if this will break bad or not. I'd rather give people the best chance that they've got. Cities can be unevacuated. Lives can't be un- unkilled. I don't know. That wasn't the best way to say it, but you know what I mean. At mention of warning the other cities, uh, Telemundari. The halfling professor steps forward. I'm trying to find a voice for this guy. That's not just Bazine again. <laughs> it could be nasally but lower. <laughs> nasally but lower. Yeah. <laughs> okay, you know what? That's, that's all right. I love it. All, all halflings sound like this. <laughs> <laughs> it's smaller nasal passages. Okay, whatever. We'll see to it that the word gets out from here to Port of Plenty to Nomad's Heights. Much appreciated. Ashley, do you mind if I send that message to Nomad's Heights? You can certainly dictate it, but I don't know if you'd be able to send it yourself. Fair enough. Do you have any particular message you'd like to send? Uh. Time is very precious right now, ma'am. Oh, uh, okay. Just, just one. Say I'm sorry, and two, just tell them keep the door open. It hardly seems prescient, but they'll get it. If, if that is what you say.
thank you for listening to Play By Podcast. I forgot how to do outros, you guys. And we're here. We're leaving. Thanks for listening, This is our new outro. Yeah. This is our new outro. No, uh, I'm uh, Michael. I'm the GM of Play By Podcast. You can find me online at Ariel Writer or at Play By Podcast mm-hmm. because I run this show's Twitter presence. It's yes. true. It's a great one. It's very good. Uh, so just to do some housekeeping, let's figure out where, where can they find you, Liam? They can find me on Twitter at Liam Higgins 97. Uh, if you like Letterbox, I'm on there. Just my regular name. <laughs> Give Liam some Letterbox. Yeah, if, mm-hmm. I mean that's honestly the Twitter, the the social media I use the most. So really, yeah, Twitter probably. for movie nerds. Well, Twitter, I I kind of scroll through, but then I always feel just kind of too defeated to even like want to contribute anything. So yeah. like, but Letterbox, I'm actually you know it's all bringing me joy. It's looking at yeah. movies I haven't seen or want to you know making lists and it's fun. This is an there's ad for no Letterbox s- now. Yeah, oh, there always has been. Oh, not always has been, but for a long no, this time. This is before. an ad now. This yeah. is oh, I think it's an app. There's no yeah. active neo-Nazi presence on Letterbox. Well, so there's the there's unfortunately, the big Benny. Unfortunately, there's been, uh, stuff has changed in the past couple weeks. But you know what? Oh God, we're dealing with it, or they're dealing with it. So anyway, they actually are dealing with it instead of. Twitter's fucking well, bullshit. Uh, I don't know when this podcast is going to be released, but you know. Anyway, we we'll cut this part out. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about the sociopolitical implications of Twitter. Um, yeah, Leon, what's your Twitter? Uh, it's uh, at Slabcats with a Z, but now I'm just K. I'm just going with by Leon now on it though. <sighs> Breaking oh, my heart. He's changed. He's no longer the Lean King. Mm-hmm. He's I'm just going by my name. The, the throne of the Lean King has been abdicated. <laughs> in the court of the Lean King. <laughs> Hall of the Lean King, yeah. Oh my god. And Max, where can they find you online? Um, I can be found at underscore not my division underscore. It's really just a horrid stream of consciousness and reblogging or re- retweeting shit. Um showing your Tumblr. My name there. is still Max Cool Jazz hashtag become the monster 2019. <laughs> Mm. And uh, I'd like to extend a personal thanks to Cody Ohea at Six Court Circus on Twitter for our music. Mm-hmm. He's currently Very composing good. the opening theme for our theme for our second season. It fucking slaps, y'all. He, he, just, <laughs> he took the gig from Hans Zimmer right out of under his nose. <laughs> <laughs> just just snapped it right up before He's like, Hans. But Michael, you cannot make me do this. <laughs> I like your Hans Zimmer. Yeah, right. He sounds very much more aggressive than he really does. <laughs> And I'd also like to extend a big heartfelt thanks to Ariel Corrales, who has Ooh. done our show art. Podcast Very mom. Good. Podcast mom. And to Abnormal Mapping, to yeah. uh, Jackson and M. You can find Abnormal Mapping on Twitter, at Abnormal Mapping. You can also uh, submit, or you can also submit, submit. <laughs> submit yourself to their Patreon. <laughs> Pay them money. <laughs> What's that show that I see uh, Jackson on Twitter is watching the Nietzsche Joe or whatever? Oh, Nietzsche Joe. Nietzsche Joe. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Jackson is on a, a Nietzsche Joe kick right now, which is great. They are um, heavy into the Nietzsche Joe. Yeah. yeah, and also listen to the other great shows on there. Um, Pay them a dollar so you can, or more than a dollar so you can listen to a great Gundam oh, project. Yeah. Mm. Um, also, uh, uh, seasons a year of movies is on uh, Ghibli films right Grace! now, and it's fucking excellent. Our, um, our girl Grace. Yeah, Grace and Emma are great. Um, I was looking at like the newer shows, which is bad because I haven't looked at Abnormal Ma- Mapping's website for like two months. And I was like, oh, some cool new podcasts. And I've determined that every single podcast on the Abnormal Mapping site has at least one trans person. <laughs> and that's the legal requirement if you want to be on Abnormal Mapping. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
I mean, M and Jackson make up mo- most of those, but still. And then, I mean, there's all, obviously there's a uh, novel not new. Yeah, love novel not new. The, the the Pyre episode alone. Is I know. Worth. I was like, I was gonna make sure that you'd heard that one. Oh, I I I sought it out specifically. Yeah, and it was the, so good. And the so real good. tragedy is that none of these podcasts have been profiled in the New York Times. Yeah, what the fuck. <laughs> That's, that's, a, mu- that's a whole don't thing. even let me get on my check out, check out the at play by podcast to figure out what the fuck we're talking about I fucking yeah. the new york times can like eat it eat a dick. oh also this is me being you know extra but um not on the abnormal mapping uh network unfortunately um season of the the season of uh when Angels Visit Armadillo ended. Uh, and it was really Kristen, good. what, what? And, and, and Shaboy Michael made I'm, an appearance right, on there. I'm right, on right. the voice cast As for When Angels cop. Visit Armadillo. <laughs> <laughs> you have two shitty cops I'm, under your repertoire I'm now. bad dad, cop dad. Mm-hmm. But it was really good. And I kept putting off the last episode because I was like, I don't want it to be over. Yeah, no. It's great. Go listen Kristen's, to it. Kristen's Super well really produced. talented, yeah. yeah. And just one more big recommendation uh, from the Abnormal Mapping uh, catalog. The Amory score. Go listen to oh, the yeah. fucking Amory score right now. It's so good. It's so ridiculous and get fun. Get really involved with Coheed and Cambria. Get, get on my level with Coheed and Cambria. Because yeah. isn't there this lore with these weird bands? That get reminds... into the so lore. What is this like day to remember? I, 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 like, houses. Leon will attest. I saw they uh, Jackson just recently tweeted out that uh, that uh, they and Molly were doing uh, an Amory score recording. And all I, I looked at the tweet. And I just allowed to no one in particular said, hell yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I, I love it when that happens. Like when you're just like on your phone. You're like, oh, anyway, yes. literally everything on Abnormal Mapping is fucking excellent. So go listen to all of it. Good, good podcast. Uh, all the time, all day, every day. Yeah. Listen to all those shows and then listen to this one if you have time. <laughs> and then just fucking destroy them with five star reviews on iTunes. And Obliterate make... <laughs> their bank accounts with money. <laughs> and then make the New York Times do an op-ed mm-hmm. send tweets to targeted influencers to increase our res- <laughs> our, influ- our, our uh, influence our uh, engagement rates Sold our, a new york times reporter queer- at knife point so that they fucking will write something about these our, podcasts the queer podcast revolution yeah <laughs> yeah basically let's be real Oh, Anywho, God. this has been a show. I'm oh, yeah. really concerned as to how much of this is actually going to make it to air. Oh, All yeah. of it, baby. Oh, we're going in there. Even me going out and taking a piss. Uh, <laughs> okay, that's not. Anyway, good. We, we, we just ended. All there. right, we're done. We're done. We're right. done. Okay, bye bye. bye. bye.